What's up, Overcomers? Welcome to another episode of the Overcoming You Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Canuti. If you haven't done so already, please hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, write us a review. It helps us out in a big way. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Onnit. Onnit is one of the fastest growing health and wellness supplement companies in the world. They have everything that you need from supplements, vitamins, um, Total Human Optimum Pack, which is just these packs of vitamins with all the supplements and vitamins that you need. They have vitamin D spray, which I know can help out with COVID. They have uh, battle ropes and kettlebells. They have at-home exercises. They basically have anything and everything that you need for health and wellness. And if you visit onnit.com slash O-C-Y, you can save up to 10% with that code O-C-Y. Visit onnit.com slash O-C-Y. That's O. N-N-I-T.com slash O-C-Y. My guest today is Mike Bear. You probably know him as Coach Mike. You've probably seen him on every single daytime talk show you can possibly think of. The Doctors, Dr. Oz, and he's one of the few individuals that is a staple on the Dr. Phil show. He has a New York Times bestseller titled Best Self, Be You Only Better. He is the CEO of Cast Centers and Addiction Treatment Center. He's a life coach to top athletes, celebrities, Jonas Brothers, Kelly Osborne, J-Lo, Demi Lovato, and the list goes on and on and on. But the real cool thing about him and one of the major reasons why I loved having him on and wanted to have him on is that he speaks from experience. Not only does he have the expertise and the knowledge, but he also has the experience of which he went through of how he overcame and how he had to find his best self. And he comes on the Overcoming You podcast and shares it all with us. I was so honored and so awesome to talk to him. He's a awesome and amazing human. I love that he exists. I love that people out there are trying to break the stigma of mental health, and he's doing it with a heart of service, and I just loved having him on. So please welcome Coach Mike. Coach Mike Bear, thank you for coming on the Overcoming You podcast. I know you're a busy man, but this is the episode. This is the podcast. This is the time. You have the expertise to help us be our best self, help us love ourselves, love everybody else. You're going to help us stop racism, stop any sort of hatred. You're going to fix the world. No pressure. Ready, go. Bam. That's it. I appreciate you. uh, In all seriousness, I do appreciate you coming on. I know you're a busy man. All good. Thanks for having me. For the people that don't know you, you got an amazing podcast, Always Evolving. You're a New York Times bestseller of an amazing book. I really, really enjoyed it. Best Self, Be You, Only Better, CEO of Cast Center, an addiction treatment center. You're an integral cog on the Dr. Phil show. You've done life coaching for everybody in between, celebrities, you know, top athletes, Jonas Brothers, Sharon Osborne, Jessica Simpson, J-Lo, Demi Lovato. The list goes on and on and on. But I got to be honest, the thing that I love most about you is that you're giving advice because you've actually been through some stuff. You've been through some hard times. And for me, just my personal um, view, I kind of don't trust anybody giving me advice where life hasn't kind of smacked them in the face a little bit. And just to put it lightly, you had some trials and tribulations and you had kind of life hit you. And so for the individuals that don't know who you are, you want to kind of give a little highlight of kind of what you went through and how you got to where you're at today? Sure. And I think what you're saying is um, it helps when someone maybe has a bit of street experience. Um, it's kind of like going to a, a, you know, if you go to a personal trainer and they don't quite look the part, um, yeah. kind of is like, oh, do they really know how to apply it? You know, do they know how to get the discipline in? I mean, one of the great things about I've been working in mental health over 18 years is um, it wasn't something I envisioned. So, uh, 
it's, it's been a great experience working in, in this field and helping a lot of people. Um, I grew up in Laguna Hills, California. I had, I was the youngest of three, uh, brother and sister were overachievers. Uh, I struggled a lot in school. I was held back in kindergarten and the eighth grade. I had learning disabilities. Um, even when I tried really hard in uh, school, I didn't seem to get good grades. And I always had this sense of loneliness or a void. Um, I always felt different. I've never been a follower. Mm -hmm. um, and even to this day, like right. I have a hard time sometimes even in my career because, you know, there's a thing that like everyone does and then I kind of will rebel against it. Yeah. It's not that I'm oppositional defiant. It's just, I question things before I just jump into them. Um, and yeah, so I, uh, was good in athletics. Uh, I played basketball. Um, I went to one of these top high schools, uh, in terms of athletics, captain, the basketball team, uh, went to play basketball Fordham in, in the Bronx in New York. And, um, but prior to that, I love to get high. Um, I love to escape. I love the feeling of not being in reality fully. Yeah. I loved numbing everything. Right. So you played for uh, yeah. Coach McKnight, right? In in on your high school team. <clears throat> I did. Yeah, I was playing with McKnight uh, in junior high, and then he kind of coached our youth athletics and uh, I was friends with his sons, uh, Jeff and Brian. Yeah. And um, yeah, we grew up playing a lot of basketball. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. We have some similar backgrounds around that time. And I'm very glad that I get to meet you in this time in our life journey, because I feel if you and I got together back in those days, it would have been a, like a tornado and a volcano going through because I have this feeling that, when you're um, kind of in your party days like me, there was no tomorrow as long as you didn't sleep. So what are we doing? Like, let's just keep going. Right. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We would have, we would have both been caught. And then I point the finger at you and say it was all of his drugs, not mine. <laughs> oh, good. Good. We're throwing people <laughs> under the bus already. I like it. I like it. You know, one of the things that I got to be honest, I'm a little scared about. And one of the main reasons why I want to have you on is this field of mental health. And because I know you know these statistics already, but just to let the listeners know, you know, the second leading cause of death ages 10 to 34 is suicide. The fourth leading cause of death ages 35 to 54 is suicide. It's the 10th leading cause of death overall. Next statistic really breaks my heart is that the fastest growing group that has tripled threefold in suicide attempts, depression, and anxiety are little girls ages 11 to 16. And then you have... The LGBTQ community, they're three times more susceptible to suicide. And this next group hurts my heart even more because the LGBTQ community, you're eight times more likely to have a suicide attempt if your immediate spirit of influence or friends or family don't accept you. And that just hurts my heart so bad because my brain literally can't work in the way that I would dislike somebody because of who they are. Like my brain just doesn't work that way. And it just pains me for people not to be who they are and not to be them best selves. So I know that you might've had a kind of a run in or kind of some personal issues with that. If not, then can you give some examples to somebody who maybe is going through that? Who's just 
scared of being who they are or scared or constantly comparing themselves like these little girls? Like what advice would you give to people right now? Yeah, I think um, the challenge for a lot of people is this idea of how they should feel, who they should be, yeah. uh, how they should stand in this life. It's I call it the should police. <laughs> and we can't uh, help what should police were born into. <clears throat> so, yeah. you know, with suicide, it's it's there's a wide range of people and communities and um, definitely those that struggle with, um, you know, being accepted. You know, we all want to be accepted, yeah. you know, and, and that's uh, that's why a lot of people are followers. Yep. Is they want to be accepted. They want to be loved. They want to do what people think they should do in life. And then when they start to go another path, they're viewed as different or weird. Yeah. Um, and especially I see a lot, you know, I'm on Dr. Phil a lot. Um, I think I have like five episodes this month wow. and we see all the time uh, just what happens even with, cyberbullying and people taking their own lives. And I also think the problem is mental health isn't a subject matter until it's already a problem. So, you know, in school, I never learned this thing around mental health. Now, I don't know if I would have made fun of it and even partook in this idea of mental health, but I know there's probably a lot of people that would have. Um, And you know, it's, it just sucks. It sucks yeah. that we live in a culture where um, there's stigma around it. We're not even taught at a young age to ask for help. Right. You know, so yeah. uh, until <clears throat> later in life, we're like, oh, my God, my life is a total disaster. Uh, do we do that? You know, I got lunch on Friday in Miami with Trayvon Martin's mom. Oh, Her name's uh, Sabrina Fulton, and she's become a new friend. She was on my podcast last week, and then uh, we hung out. And we were talking about all these mothers who have lost their kids, whether it be the suicide, drug addiction, yeah. um, shootings. You know, she lost her son to George Zimmerman, who killed yeah. her son. Um, and how so many people that that moment happens and they're committed to never getting to the other side of it. Right. Like they're committed to the pain. And so, um, a lot of it is just someone's own resilience to life, you know? Um, I think that's why it's go ahead. Sorry. I I was going to say, I think that's why what you're doing in one of the, one of the pillars of this podcast is that, I want to break the stigma of mental health because I've had my run-ins. I had a, I was in a flea bag motel and had a shotgun in my mouth ready to take take it all. So I've been there, and I don't want mm-hmm. anyone to go there. And so when I see these, like these little girls, ages eleven to sixteen, or when I see these people that aren't able to be them best selves, and it hurts so bad that they're ready to take their life, I see a little bit of myself in them. And I think the more times people like you, more times like people like Dr. Phil, other podcasts similar, start to talk about this mental health and break that stigma, 
because mental health and physical health really should be the exact, we should look at, at it at the exact same way. You would never in a million years see somebody that is quote unquote out of shape or anything in the gym and go, well, you're, you're really, you're really dumb or you're really stupid. You'd be like, good job. Great for you. But for some reason, yeah. the stigma with mental health of, especially for men, and I'm just speaking because I am a man, when you ask for help, you're kind of automatically viewed as like a sissy or, or less than or, or something like that. And so the more times we talk about this mental health and break the stigma, I think it's the better. Yeah. And, and I think that there's this idea around mental health. Um, the challenge with mental health, and I've been challenged with it in my career. I mean, it's been a blessing, but also a challenge is, um, you know, I've worked with some clients who want to kill themselves and I've worked with other clients where I help them go from making a million to 10 million a year. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with other people where they're just trying to creatively express themselves in their art. And the challenge with mental health is because it's a newer topic, uh, in terms of like culture, um, is it very quickly gets siloed and then it gets put into something. So you, instead of looking at it, like, okay, there's, suicide, depression, addiction, you know, co-occurring disorders, trauma, low self-esteem, self-sabotaging, you know, there's like a range, right? There's right. a whole range, just like there is in physical health. Like there's obesity mm -hmm. and, and then there's like top performing athletes. Right. And it's all within this physical health umbrella and it's accepted as being that. And I went, I tried to go the route for many years of calling it like mental wellness, yeah. right? Or, because for whatever part of this part of the stigma is the stigma of the word mental health, yeah. it somehow gets <clears throat> immediately separated. And I feel like when you separate it, it makes someone go, well, I can't relate to that. Yeah. And I don't know what it's like. At least that's my theory on it. I um, see that. Because it's it is a little baffling why it's uh not so why it doesn't become a topic until it's a tragedy, yeah. you know? Yeah. And cause it's not sexy either. It's like physical health. You can, you can't put mental health in a bikini. Right. You know what I mean? And you don't see, you don't physically see anything. You know, when I walk into a, when I walked into a room, when I was in my depression, you didn't know, especially with yeah. so many times. And you know, this better than any, when people are going through that depression, going through those dark times, they walk in the room and you go, Hey, how's it going? You're like, Oh man, it's awesome. Life is great. But inside you're freaking dying. And all you want to do is run away or, or however you want to cope. So you can't see it. So there's no like, wow, you look really good today. Or you've been working out. No one goes, mm -hmm. Hey, you've been doing mental health. You've been doing mental wellness. So there's nothing to see. So yeah. I think sometimes because there's nothing tangible that it kind of gets lost and it doesn't, since we can't see it, we don't put the focus on it as much as I think we should. You know, one of the things I think right now that I want, really wanted to get your thoughts on is that, unfortunately, I think we have a perfect storm in our society right now with all of the statistics that I just listed, you know, with people not feeling the best, being the best, them best selves, but then also with this unemployment rate, especially in the United States going up, and just to give some feedback or some care, comparison, I was doing some research and in 1928, and for everyone listening, the way they kind of give rates for suicide is how many people per 100,000 take their lives. And so in 1928, one year before the Great Depression, we were at 12.1 per 100,000. Mm. And the very next year, one year later, 1929, the start of the Great Depression, it increased 50% to 18.1 per 100,000. 
Now, fast forward, 2019, we're at 13.1 per 100,000. So I'm scared with everybody feeling, um, there's a sense of feeling of hatred. We have some like inequalities or feeling of not being good enough, not being the best selves. Then you have this unemployment. So what advice can you give? Because you and I can't, can't fix hatred. We can't fix, we're not economists. We can't fix the economy. We can't give jobs to everybody. But the one thing that I think we can do, especially you, is you can help us um, figure out how to how to react or how to take in that information. And so it's not so detrimental. And so we don't go down those roads of despair or the Hades of self-hatred or get down on ourselves or anything. So with those kind of two perfect storms kind of happening in our society, what kind of advice would you give so it doesn't take so much of a negative toll on our mental health? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big, uh, <laughs> and it depends. I mean, cause I think we're probably talking about the United States, right? Yeah. You know, it, it's, in, it's really interesting. Cause, um, you know, I've noticed there's been a lot more overdoses in the last 90 days. Like I've seen a lot more deaths. I don't know the statistics around it, but I just normally, you know, in, in my own, you know, circles of circles of circles where there's conversations, you know, there's a few a year and there's been like five or six in the last 90 days, um, or people have died. And, uh, which sometimes it's a bit confusing. What is actually suicide versus overdose? Right. Because, you know, I think some people know that going back is shooting up and shooting up too much is, is going to lead to a overdose. Um, right. You know, and I think, um, to me, like I'm lately, I'm more into, I had a publicist for a while, like a few months ago, and she was wanting me to talk to, you know, couples. How do you get along while you're living together? And I was like, I told her, I said, I'm more interested in the person who's in a, a studio apartment who's miserable, who has nothing going on, yeah, who feels different, who doesn't have, you know, all the blessings that someone may even have. You know, if the, if the biggest if the biggest uh, struggle is uh, how do I get along with my family versus how do I not kill myself? I mean, I think <laughs> a little bit a, different. Yeah. 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 They're quite different. Um, so it's really hard to reach those people that are really struggling, right? Like how do you actually in this day and age and the coronavirus reach the person who not only, um, uh, needs the help, but actually has access to the messaging of help. And, you know, that's why I've, I put on a, I have a free group every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific. So I have a different uh, speaker. It's called our empowerment group. They can go to coachmikebear.com. It's free. It's a wide range. So like this week, I had Susie Orman uh, talking to everyone about what to do financially nice. uh, throughout this, you know, period of time. And then um, I'll have, you know, someone else like John Gordon who's an author talk about gratitude and how to get it more in your life. There's so many free support groups right now. Um, and there's a lot of online treatment, you know, like we are treat. I think a lot of people don't realize that they can get sober or get mental straight mental health treatment while they're home. Their insurance will cover it. Oh, wow. That's how th it wasn't like that before. Oh, good. Um, good. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's a solution for someone who wants, like, depression treatment. Um, is a lot of insurance companies, they're 
they're going to cover, um, you know, the rates. Like, so our evening program before we used to have people always coming in, um, and the insurance companies hold you hostage. Like they'll tell you how many hours a week you need to provide treatment or therapy, but they'll make it so big right. that like a client a doesn't need it. And B like, isn't going to really stick to 30 hours a week of group work. Right. 30 hours. That's a lot. That's a, almost a full-time job. It's a full-time job. It's yeah. more than you get an inpatient treatment. <laughs> oh. So yeah, it's kind of a, it, it's an interesting time for sure. So like I said, I think we're all, we're all kind of in this, in this little interesting time. And I don't think there's very few of us that I think are like on our game. So I think we're having these big upswings because, you know, if you don't watch the news, you're misinformed. But if you watch too much of the news, you have all sorts of different type of misinformation. Um, so we're kind of in this weird thing. So, but you do one thing really, really well that I think can help us in this time. In in your book, Best Self, Be You Only Better, you talk about the perfect self in your, your best self and your anti-self. Can you kind of briefly discuss kind of what that is? And then I want to go into how do we use that? Because I did the... I did the exercise in there and I realized that I am no Picasso whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. No one and no yeah. one is. I mean, what I, what I do and whatever I write is I try to create things that are, uh, someone who's eight years old could do. So someone could do it with their kids or someone who's 70 could do. Yeah. So I try to create exercises, um, and that somehow, are already they're kind of learned by us, but I try to fine tune them. So when I say best self and anti self, it kind of plays back to someone's idea of like angel and devil on the shoulder, yeah. you know, and you've seen that in so many ways, but it's really like defining it and understanding it and knowing it. A lot of what I love is somebody just truly being who they are in this life because there's one life. And so why, be anything other than what you actually are. Yes. And sometimes it takes rewiring and uh, re-exploring or refocus or pivoting. But I start off with, you know, who are you um, at your core? Like what I believe everyone is unique. So who are you and what are those characteristics when you feel most, it could be a peace, alive, connected you know it's interesting how much we don't live in the moment mm -hmm. throughout the day right and i always would say your best self is like in the moment it's that version of you that is just who you are so like for me there's a big difference of who my best self is um when i let's i could use an example if i go on dr phil yeah. you know at first it was like oh my gosh i'm on this TV show, I haven't met these guests before. I'm on stage. It's very fast. If I'm being my best self, I'm being like wise and compassionate and authentic and in the moment and just being who I am, right? right. If I'm not being my best self, then I'm like, uh-oh, and I'm being of service. And what's going to help people at home? If I'm not being my best self, I would be maybe uh, have anxiety or scared yeah. or... um and that's going to play out, right? Right. Um, so so me, you, you you did yours, yeah? Yeah. So let's take um, the best self. And I don't know if you can see this. 
I um, yeah. So I got to be honest, I'm a little perturbed because I definitely undersold a certain appendage of mine that I, if I had to reach all that, I would have made it a little bit bigger. But that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> oh, you're talking about your hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Um, no, so I I drew my best self, and so in the in the book, um, you tell us to kind of draw yourself, and so literally draw yourself on a piece of paper, and then kind of put and then name it. And so I named mine Bodhisattva or Bodhi for short, which is actually a Buddhist term, and it means a person who can achieve nirvana but delays doing so out of compassion in order to save suffering beings. Mm. And then you have us, after you name it, you have us put down our, when you're your best self, when you're feeling like on top of the world, when you're in that suit or in that dress, when you're feeling like, like, oh, I'm the man, I'm the woman, let's walk and roll. You tell us to put down some adjectives to kind of describe us. So I put energetic, smart, caring, helpful, curious, honest, uh, focused, happy, funny, in the present moment, and has a zest and zeal for life. And then we kind of go through... During those times, when do you feel that the most? When I feel that the most, when I'm those things, it's when I'm having deep conversations like I'm having with you right now, when I'm helping other people, when I'm learning something new that I'm really excited about. I'm a little bit of a dork. I love neurology and the study of the brain and the mind. So that's really exciting. And then this one is making people's day. And I forgot about this one. And so this was one that seems so simple, but... I think we forget how easy it is to make somebody's day, especially a stranger. My wife kind of laughed at me the other day. We were driving to go do something and we're going down these back streets and, you know, go, stop sign, go, stop sign, go, stop sign. And at the stop sign, I rolled down my window and people were crossing and I go, hey, you. And inevitably you get this turnaround like, yeah, what? Who? You talking to me? Something like that. And I go, I hope you have a great day. And then you would get some sort of, um, response out of that, like, oh man, thank you so much, or like clapping. So that was my my best self. So after I kind of did this, now what do I do with this? How do I make this work for me in my daily life? What do I and do well, from first, here? So yeah, and and it's the cool thing about this is there's never no one else will create that in an identical way, right? Right. Which is badass to me. Like, that's the first, like, where I'm like, oh, yeah, it's authentic, right? Because you're not just going, okay, I'm Superman, and here's Superman's qualities. Like, you put thought into it. You know yourself. You're developing insight, and and you feel it, right? So you know when you're being that. Yeah. Right? And so I would say, like, okay, well, what charges that up for you? You know, what are the rituals that keep you there? Mm -hmm. What are... um, you know, so for some, it may be meditating, it may be praying, it may be calling three people to see how they're doing, right? Yeah. Um, and it's it's also, it's really helpful to understand what are the problem areas in your life? Like what's something in your life right now? I don't know if you want to share it or not, but that is challenging. Hey, Overcomers, I wanted to give a quick shout out to one of our sponsors and a sponsor that I highly, highly recommend, and that's BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? 
As a friend, let me tell you, it's that person standing in the mirror. It's that thing in between your ears. It's how you deal with the mental side of life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. This is not a crisis line. This is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor at any time of the day. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly or video phone sessions so you will never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you do with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors at any time if needed. It's very important that you get the right counselor for you. And it's even more affordable than some traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. I love that. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You can visit their website and read testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash O-C-Y. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. And there is an exclusive offer for overcomers only. For listeners of the Overcoming You podcast only, you will get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash O-C-Y. Betterhelp.com slash O-C-Y. Now let's get back to the podcast. Yeah. Do you have anything? Yeah. Um, so... Not to go in because that would be a whole nother podcast, but you have in, in your no, you have in your book these spheres, and you talk about yeah. um, you know your personal, your yeah, uh, spiritual, yeah. and so I did that as well. And the one that I got rated the lowest was my employment um, currently because I'm so the amount of money that I'm making through the podcast is so exponentially lower than when I was in corporate America that that's something oh, yeah. that I kind of struggle with and kind of. When I start to think about it, I get anxiety, I get overwhelmed. Am I doing enough? You know, should I go back to corporate America? Should I do all that? So that's kind of my big area of struggle right now out of those spheres. So that's kind of where I sit. Right. And so do you, are you doing other projects for income or is it primarily podcasts? Primarily podcasts. I have some speaking engagements coming up, but um, primarily the podcast advertising. And um, what, so like when you think of your best self, how does your best self view your employment? My best self views my employment like um, need to double down, need to double down because this podcast and this mission is, I know 100% what I'm meant to do and what fills me up the most. So I don't want to deviate from it. So my best self says, double down, you know, I got a marketing company now, you know, get a PR agent now kind of keep going, keep going, keep pushing down have more podcasts, put out more content, learn more editing, have the smart people in the booth, do more stuff for, for me and for his audio and all this other thing. So my best self is kind of like rise up, get up, like let's rock and roll. Okay. And how, how much of the time are you like that? Throughout the day re- recently, very, the yeah. overwhelming majority of the day. Especially these That's last, amazing. especially these last two months, because I just had a birthday in April, and so from April to now, it's been nonstop. You know, up at four a.m. doing my meditation, doing my morning routine. So I feel feel like my best self 
It's just that one area of my life is not where I like it to be. And so that's kind of where I, where I said, that's the one area where it's kind of draining my bucket, if you will. Uh, do you have kids? No, not that I know of. Guys, <laughs> so it's you and your wife? Yeah. Is she working? Yep. Yeah, she does oh, fantastic. <clears throat> she what? She does fantastic. She's got a uh, her own social media marketing company. She she just kills it for sure. Oh, that's awesome. So it sounds like you are able to really put your passion and obsession into the podcast. Yes. And so why would it, and you're loving it. Yes, very much so. So why is it not going well? The podcast is going well, um, for sure. I'm growing exponentially. It's just because when you come from corporate America, like I did, you know, I oversaw $580 million, 22,000 associates across Puerto Rico, Canada, and the United States. Obviously, that comes with a heavy paycheck. And it's a little bit difficult. This is just my first year in with the podcast. My year anniversary comes up in August. So it's a slow roll and I get that. But there is just a little bit being 38 years old, going from quote unquote successful, making it high net worth or whatever to kind of multiple rungs below. It's a definitely a little hit to my, uh, to my ego. And I obviously want to be able to provide a little bit better for my friends, my family, obviously my wife, first and foremost. Yeah. I mean, I think it's always helpful to have a few different pockets to play in. Like I can tell you podcast, like I have a podcast as well. It surely is not a moneymaker. <laughs> uh, and it's, I enjoy it. And it's, it's a lot of work, right. And yeah. editing and getting into it. Um, and you know, I, I know that the speaking world has dried up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and there's also just less, you know, opportunity in terms of like, uh, on one hand in terms, there's more digital opportunity, but there's less in-person right. opportunity. Right. Yeah. So if you were to then talk about how your anti self views it, which is the next part of the exercise, what was your anti self? My anti self, oddly enough, is a combination. I named him Jury, which is a combination of my mom and dad's name, Judy and Terry. So there may be some unresolved uh, mommy daddy issues there, but that's neither here nor there. But um, some of the things I put in there uh, short, selfish, worried, uncaring, nonstop people pleasing, lazy, unhealthy. And that guy comes out when I'm unsure, overwhelmed, uh, multiple days in a row of non-productivity. So right now when I'm kind of unsure and sometimes overwhelmed, sometimes that guy will come out and I'll start to be short and I'll start, then I start to get down on myself, which then becomes a whole nother, um, issue where I have to stop that negative spiral loop that we all go through sometimes. So that's kind of where I sit. Yeah. And so your anti-self when it comes out with the podcast would say what? It would be the imposter syndrome. Um, you know, who do you think you are, Josh? You know, you don't have a best-selling, you know, the best-selling book. You're not some Tony Robbins. You're not a, a Jay Shetty, a Joe Rogan. Like who, who do you think you are to do anything? How, how in the world are you going to make a difference? Who's going to listen to you? You're just some, some, uh, some dude. Yeah. I think, um, it's interesting, right? I, to just speak to what you're saying is, you know, look, I have a New York times bestselling book, sold a quarter million books in a year. Um, when number one in Korea, uh, which I've never even been to Korea, I have another book coming out in October and, um, 
and with that, and suddenly I started going on television, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden I was the first regular on Dr. Phil in 18 years. And yeah, they had no vision for it, right? The, the thing is, um, and I've learned so much from him, but in terms of like the imposter syndrome and, you know, comparison is just the killer of joy, for sure. right? Even when we're crushing it more than someone else, still doesn't make us feel good. I mean, unless we have some, you know, degree of narcissism that gets off on it, I can't tell you that I look at someone else who sold less books than me and be like, yeah, <laughs> like it's, either way, it doesn't feel good. Right. Right. And, and, um, and you know, when you look at like, like, I don't want to be Tony Robbins. I don't want to be Jay Shetty. Right. I want to be me. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't, I don't want to be them, nor should any of us want to be them. And that's where I think um, when you talk about like anti-self coming in and having that conversation around the should, you should be that no one's going to listen to you and yeah. you know, what, what's really going to change. But the reality is it doesn't, no matter where we go, it's the same stuff. Like the same voices that you have, are, I can guarantee are the same voices those guys have or yeah. that I have. We all have them. No matter how successful we are, unless we're really getting out of ego and getting into love and getting into who we are. And the blessing that you have is uh, it sounds like you're able to keep pursuing your passion and not have to. Right. Right. Um, but it's interesting, you know, like I was talking to someone on a, uh, who I had on a podcast yesterday. He's, he's a hair guy. He's a, has five and a half million subscribers on YouTube. Wow. Five and a half million. He gets, 2 million views per video he puts up. Wow. And he still says that he'll be like, well, why aren't there other influencers who want to work with me? And I don't get the respect that I deserve. It's the same thing. It's just, yeah, it's the same feelings. No matter what, no matter where someone is on this success chain, yeah. you know, it's just interesting. I think that is so important. And that's one of the things that I love when I have individuals like yourself for the listeners, it doesn't make a difference where you're at in how good looking you are, how gorgeous, how successful, how anything, every single person on the history of ever goes through these times where they don't feel the best, when they don't feel them best, their best selves. But the only difference is between those individuals and between, you know, me is that they have the tools, like the tools like you have in your book to help you get through those times faster. And I think that's really where some of the differentiators are. But I will say, I will tell you that I didn't realize I was doing this, but now that I have kind of my best self and my anti-self, one of the ways that I'm seeing to use this is that when I do have those times of where I don't feel like I don't have a best-selling book or I'm not this this guy or I don't have this following or whatever, my best self comes in and goes, well, actuality, my competitive advantage is the fact that I am not them. I'm just a regular dude like everybody else trying to figure this whole thing out, trying to figure out how to deal with this this little guy that talks to us all weird and mean sometimes that's in between our ears that everybody has. So that's my competitive advantage. My competitive advantage is that I don't have a best-selling book, that I'm not a multimillionaire, that I haven't spent 10 years in a Tibetan ashram. That's my competitive advantage because I'm just the regular guy trying to figure this whole thing out. So I think when you do the best self and anti-self, you can kind of, when you get down, I can kind of go now through this exercise, I can go, okay, how would my best self act right now? And then now that I know that, I can kind of use that more in my everyday life. Is that kind of what you were ultimately going for? Because yeah, I and, just got it right and, now. 
Yeah, and and like your anti self, if your friends or your wife or your family know, they can nudge you. Like they'll nudge me when I'm the people around me. They'll be like, "Is that Angelos or is that the Wizard?" Right? Yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny. Like if you, can, I always find it's refreshing to be able to when you can self deprecate but laugh at it because you know you're doing it. It's somehow easier to pivot than just self deprecating. Yeah. Like. It's otherwise you are just beating up your self-esteem. But when you're like, hold on a second, they're right. And so I always think it's, um, it's, it's great to, it's the awareness, yeah. you know, and we constantly have to check ourselves. And, and I think that like what you're describing, I've, I've felt, or I feel on different days, you know, it's, it's, um, and then I have to get into what excites me. And when you say competitive advantage, it's just you being yourself. Like, that's yes. what I feel like is the recipe because when we're not, if I go try to be one of like one of these other guys, I'm unhappy because that's not who I am. Yeah. When I've tried to make content that I thought, Oh, this is really going to be right because a b and c do it this way yeah. and people will try to convince me to do it everyone around me will literally try to convince me and make certain types of content on my instagram yeah. um like recently my agent she's i love her they're over at dupree miller and this big agency and they rep all these big guys like tony robbins and dr phil and a, a ton of you know joel steen all these people and yeah. she goes yeah you know your your uh your instagram right now looks like a dating site <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, and on one hand, I was like, yeah, I could see that. And on the other hand, I was like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not going to do whatever, what I should do. And it's worked for me. The only time, like you're describing, it doesn't work is when we try to be someone else. And that is literally, we may make more money for a while. Yeah. But then eventually we're miserable. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting. I put something out the other day that um, if you think about every single person in a healthy way, every single person that you admire or kind of look up to or maybe want to be a little bit like, every single one of them for the overwhelming majority are unique. They are one of one. And it doesn't make a difference whether you're Marilyn Manson or whether you're Tony Robbins. You're They're unique. They're one of one. But the reason why people follow them or the reason why people are attracted to them is because they are one of one. So if that's what we like in them, then we need to start doing that and allowing ourselves the grace to do that for ourselves, because then we can be our best selves and we're not pushing down this person that we want to be all the time. So I just think it's so valuable to try to constantly remember to kind of just be 100% true to yourself and unapologetically with zero equivocations about it. Yeah, like I I had, yeah, you're right. Because even with the podcast, it's a huge learning experience for me. I'm sure you've learned. Preach. You know, I went, I went from having Jessica Simpson on and Dr. Phil, Vivica Fox. And then all of a sudden I was like doing news stories with like my coronavirus. And then I was doing, I was doing all these different things, trying to figure out like, what the heck am I doing? Like, who who do I want to talk to? Yeah. And now I know that like, if I'm not inspired, by the person, I'm not going to do it right? because it's not going to be great because I'm not going to be that into it. But before I was like, Ooh, this could rate really well. Yeah. Like I just had a guy who's a huge YouTube star. What inspires me about it is like, how the hell does this guy make millions of dollars talking about other people's hair color on the internet on the outside? Someone be like, 
Mike, that's not that inspiring. I'm like, it is to no, me because the, the message is, he said, you keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying, you deliver, you deliver, you deliver. And like, I was like, Oh wow. It taught me how to build a YouTube page. Right. Yeah. But I think, um, you're so right. I love that. I, I think it's like, it's, it's what I, my, I'm passionate about is, uh, really that it's just you being yourself and then life opens up with the people with the situations it's the hard part for us is we want it now yes but the journey is the destination and it's like there is no it just keeps going there is no like once i have this van that's not even a yeah it's not real you know yeah, a couple one of the pillars of this podcast and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because we're I can tell that we think very similar. We have kind of a same goal or mission in mind is that one of the things I always say is that the most important thing in this world is what we think about ourselves when we are by ourselves. And with that in mind, that's why I try to have people like yourself. I have other people that I find inspiration because everybody's overcome something and if you can learn through people's stories or through people's books, how to overcome that, those mental battles that we all have, just like you said, all doesn't make a difference, the level that you're at and whatever. If you can overcome that and be kind to yourself, be kind to yourself and be the best you, I think your life becomes exponentially more filled with joy and fulfillment and, and love than when you're trying to suppress yourself or trying to be somebody else or acquiesce or, or acclimate to somebody. So I just love... I, that's just a whole goal of mine. And so that's one of the major reasons why I wanted to have you on. So thank you again. <clears throat> yeah, of course, man. Well, I know we're kind of running up on time. I just have a few more questions for you, but you got a lot of stuff going on. So tell everybody where they can find you, social media, <clears throat> what you got going on, the podcast, all that stuff. Yeah. So I, um, I have a podcast always evolving. They're uh, 20 to 25 minute, even though, the group I was with was like, you need to do 45 minutes for ads. I'm like, no, yeah, I'm doing 20 to 25. I'll fi- we'll figure it out. I'll pay for the ads if I have to. But, um, so 20, 25 minutes of people that just inspire me, quick tips and tools. Uh, if people go to my website, they can join, uh, our free group on Tuesdays at 5 PM. Uh, we get a, you know, maybe 150 people who are over zoom and another few thousand over Facebook. Uh, that tune in and I have different people join every week that are pretty cool. Uh, I own a treatment center um, called Cast Centers, which we just celebrated our 14th year. Cool. Um, yeah, so it's a business I started uh, in my apartment and it uh, now is, you know, a full-on dual diagnosis outpatient center uh, in Los Angeles. And we also do online for the working professional. And then I have another book coming out in October called One Decision, kind of like a post-pandemic handbook. Oh, um, nice. Like it's a it's a pretty uh, uh, apropos it's, book. It's, it's oh yeah, it's it's a solid book, but it it was a it was like giving birth. I was I felt like Octomom if I could feel like <laughs> it was like giving birth. It was just it was a lot. I changed directions so many times on the book, ever you know, but it sure. really went where I wanted and. Um, yeah, it's, that's kind of it, you know. Nice. Cool. Well, I have yeah. just four questions left. Two of them are kind of funny, then two um, serious ones, and then we'll um, get you out of here. Who was harder to get into, Dr. Phil or Nico, the amazing tattoo artist? Oh, my God. On the show? Yeah. 
No, no, no. Because you had to be on a waiting list to get uh, tattooed by Nico, right? So who was harder to get on the show, Dr. Phil, or get uh, to the Nico chair to get tattooed? Getting on Dr. Phil shows hard. Getting on Dr. Phil is like, getting on Dr. Phil once is difficult odds. Getting on him twice is like winning the lottery. Becoming a regular is like unheard of. Yeah. So probably the Dr. Phil. But yeah, Nico takes like six months to get into who did my tattoo. Yeah, he's got some takes amazing forever. work. Yeah. Um, who's easier to train? All those celebrities that I listed in the beginning or your dog, Nina? Vita, Vita. Oh, Vita, sorry. It's okay. It's Both have four letters and they sound like a Russian, Latvian, Brazilian chick. So yeah. Um, and who, wait, who's harder to train? Um, uh, my dog. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad if I don't yeah. do what she wants. Um, yeah. And then two just la- last questions. So like we talked about throughout this podcast and throughout this episode, there's a lot of people going through some hard times, whether it be all this injustice and hate for certain groups and feeling that, whether it be you're out of work, coronavirus, pandemic, a lot of uncertainty. What advice would you give to somebody right now to try to help them through that or become their best self? What's one piece? I would um, go where the good is in your life. Go where things feel good. Connect with people that feel good. Uh, Watch content that makes you feel good. You know, I just think it's overall like put energy into the things that um, feel better in your life and, um, and try to create a little bit, create something just for fun, whatever it is, just create. Yeah. Progress equals happiness. You know, it's interesting just on a side note, I found out that Harvard, when you're, when you're in Harvard in the medical, um, to get your doctorate, there's actually a class in there called laugh therapy where they talk about the effects of laughter. And so I've been saying that a lot during this time, you know, go on YouTube, put on those fail compilations or, or babies laughing or, or cats or somebody getting, you know, kicked in the junk or something, because that laughter, it may be just a temporary relief, but that temporary relief can really sometimes loosen the rest of that mental anguish that we have just so you can make it through the next hour or day or week. So go where the good is. I like that. Yeah. And then just last question for you personally, how does Mike Bear build his self-worth? It's a good question. Um, you know, I think for me, it's a lot of how, like, I treat people. Like, what's my intention behind different things? Um, I feel like honesty is something that makes me treat myself better with self-worth, like, honesty with myself, honesty with others. Um, I think also recently I've realized everything's not so precious, Mm. you know, like, which I think I spent a lot of several years thinking things, everything was so important. Yeah. Like every creation is so important. Every detail is so important and it's not. Yeah. And so, um, that's, honestly helped me a lot with my self-worth because I'm putting less pressure on things that don't really matter. Um, and really like I got to sit like right now, like I'm turning my art into pajamas in my house, like all the <laughs> art I have on the walls. 
And then I have like this logo and this merch line coming out. That's a wizard. Like I started, I wrote a script that like is everything I want to say, but I can't really say all the time called authentic. Um, and, uh, so it's stuff like that that just improves my self-worth to be honest. It's just like literally just creating. Yeah. Does it for me. Well, cool, brother. That's fantastic. Um, like I said, I know you're a busy man, so I really do appreciate you taking the time to come on the Overcoming You podcast. And just between you and I and forget the lights, forget the cameras, and forget the podcasts, you should feel very, very proud about the positive wake that you're leaving behind in your journey because I know individuals like yourself are helping a lot of people. And so you should feel very, very proud of that. And I'm very proud of you for doing that. So thank you very much for being you. Oh, thanks, man. I I actually love this. So thank you very much. Cool. All right, everybody. Remember, be kind to yourself.